You're listening to Own Your Bold, an interview-based podcast for female entrepreneurs and leaders in business. I'm your host, Natalie sinizgali Katavong. Sylvia Hanna has over 15 years of customer service experience and has been with Canandaigua National Bank and Trust since 2009. Her responsibilities include nurturing relationships in the community through the origination of home equities, consumer loans, and small business loans, as well as assisting in the growth and retention of the Alexander Park Community Branch Office customer base. Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I feel like one of my favorite things about going to the bank, actually literally my only favorite thing about going (laughs) to the bank, is to see your smiling face. Thank you. Um, And I just love the, um, it's like going into cheers. I'm so excited today to talk to you about some banking things. Thank you. Um, Banking has got to be one of the least sexy things on the planet. It's and true. I know that it's a source of anxiety for a lot of small business owners, especially people that are trying to get into running a small business and they're just really not sure what they need or where to start. And so we're going to tackle some of that today. Great. So if someone is starting a small business, what is the first thing that they need to start with when it comes to banking? So the first thing a small business owner needs to start with is to figure out what type of structure they're going to have for the business. So are you going to be a sole proprietor or are you going to be a corporation? There's four different types of corporations. There is an S-corp, a C-corp, a limited liability corporation, or a nonprofit if you fall in that realm. So that's a lot. So are those those decisions that you help someone make or is that more of a lawyer's position? You should always talk to a tax accountant before you decide how you're going to go, especially if you're thinking about going between an S-corp and a C-corp because the major difference is how the corporation is taxed and what that means for you in terms of the income that you get from your company. Got it. So you would need to, you would first want to meet with an accountant and maybe have some ideas about how much money the business is going to make or at least how it makes money, kind of some some <laughs> initial things just so they can kind of maybe start planning ahead for taxes. Yes. So an example is the difference between an S-corp and a C-corp is an S-corp is a pass-through entity. So the profits go directly to the shareholders and then they're taxed where a C-corp is taxed and the income that you get from it as a shareholder or owner or employee is also taxed. So you want to know where you fit in that before you make those kinds of decisions. Got it. And so do you find a lot of people are diving into the corporation lifestyle immediately, or are they starting with a sole proprietorship or maybe an LLC, which would be the limited liability corporation? The easiest thing to get is a sole proprietorship. So a lot of people go that route when they are starting or a lot of people file online and get an LLC again because it's easy. Most people I find have not actually met with a tax accountant first. And so they're picking the easy route as opposed to the route that really best fits their business. Got it. So you would describe that as vital, meeting with a tax person. Yes. Cool. Well, that's exciting. That's (laughs) (laughs) also not sexy. (laughs) No, it's not. And I actually remember having this conversation with my tax accountant, my business NSP, my other business is is an S corp, which I always feel like I have to enunciate because one time I was talking to someone and I was like, oh yeah, I'm an S corp. And they were like, an S corp? And I was like, (laughs) no, (laughs) Um, S corp. Uh, (laughs) 
so so yeah so that's um but at the time i remember you know having that conversation and thinking oh my gosh like this is a big scary legal thing yes and it was actually there were a lot of paperwork lots Mm -hmm. of paperwork involved um the biggest benefit in my opinion is that your title is president uh, (laughs) if you you have a corporation um so i get to sign everything president which is pretty cool but but yeah definitely something that someone needs to have in order before they meet with you to set up a banking account what other ducks do they need to have in a row before they get in your office tax id if you are going to be a sole proprietor, you can get away running under your social. It's not something that I would recommend. But if you are going to be a corporation, you definitely need a tax ID. And you can go to irs.gov and fill out everything online and receive your tax ID right there. IRS only works nine to five, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Like the website, the website the... actually shuts, shuts down. The website shuts down. Yeah. I remember trying to file it on a weekend once and I was like, am I doing this wrong? <laughs> Because you can do everything online at any hour. Not with the um, IRS. And that's also called um, an EIN, correct? Yes. So they're the same thing. An employee thing. identification number, yep. Got it. And then as far as tax ID numbers, is there also something you file with the state? If you are doing sales tax, you need to file that number with the state, yes. Got it. Okay, so and obviously before you can get any of those things, you need to have your name figured yes. out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so someone's got their name. Um, they have some idea of how they're going to make money. <laughs> they go online during normal business hours, file mm-hmm. for an EIN, tax mm-hmm. ID number from the federal government. And if they're going to be doing sales tax, they get that number as well. And then they are going to be meeting with an accountant to figure out correct. you know, mm-hmm. what kind of entity they'll be. I guess you would probably do that before you file for those things. And some accountants will actually get the tax ID for you. So, oh, nice. so that would, it would definitely start off with the accountant and go from there. My lawyer did that for me, but I also met with, we share an accountant. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a three person <laughs> conversation there. Um, and I had talked with her first. So I'm remembering mm-hmm. that now. Okay, cool. So let's say someone has like managed to get all of that done. Mm-hmm. They show up in your office and they say, Sylvia, I have, I, I want to have money to put into an account. <laughs> um, I don't yet, but um, how do I, where do I start? What do I need? You have everything. If At this point, if you've met with your tax accountant and you know your name, you know what type of entity you're going to be and you have a tax ID, the only thing you need now is to figure out what bank best fits you. And I would recommend that you get online and look at their board of directors, see what the board of directors looks like, and if the board of directors represents you or not. That's the type of bank that you want to bank with. Products are going to be pretty much the same everywhere you go. There's always a small business account. And then once you move into higher balances, there's a higher business account. Okay. And so define a small balance. Like what is that for? What, what do you mean by that? Because um, we all might have different ideas about what a large amount of money or a small um, amount is. A, a large amount of money, we are looking at $25,000 as a threshold for a large amount of money. I know that my particular bank starts off at 2500 Not everybody can maintain that. There are plenty of other banks that give you a free small business banking checking account. Got which it. is no minimum balance. So that's where you'd start. You start with a checking account. Mm-hmm. And then the, t- the type of account that you set up will be dependent on how much money you have that day to put into it or, or how much money you anticipate having. How much money you anticipate having. 
Okay. So would there be some sort of a fee structure if you're not meeting those minimums? Is that like kind of the... Most banks give you 30 days to get everything set up and start rolling. I don't know many small businesses that walk into a bank with a check ready to go, which brings us into what is your cash flow? Are you going to need lending? Most of the time, that's where we start off with is I need lending. And with that lending comes a checking account. Got it. Also, let's talk about like a business line of credit. If someone needs to get started with their business and they need some investment capital, what are the options that someone would maybe find at a bank versus Mm -hmm. going through other investment routes? Mm -hmm. In every state, there are state grants and there's also federal grants. So you're going to find, depending on what type of business you are running and also your gender, you have different grants out there for funding. Um, And you also have different opportunities for lending like with the SBA, the Small Business Administration, um, they also help by gearing you towards a bank and then guaranteeing a loan. So when you are starting up and you don't have credit for your business, you're going to find that a lot of banks are hesitant to lend you a large amount of credit. The SBA um, is great in stepping in and saying, we will guarantee a certain portion of this loan. So if something happens, the bank feels safe and the SBA is holding the bag. Got it. And so what what kind of things would the SBA require in order to make that sort of commitment? I cannot stress life insurance enough. <laughs> really? So for, for the individual opening the business? That is correct. You need to have life insurance in place before. My face right now. <laughs> Somebody is looking at my face laughing. I got real close to the mic right now. You need to have life insurance. I cannot stress how important it is, not only for the SBA, but for everything. But the SBA looks for you to have life insurance. It is one of their stipulations and the life insurance needs to at least cover the loan. That's amazing. That's really, that's new information for me. Mm -hmm. I just got life insurance like a couple months ago. (laughs) Um, So no hits on my life, please. Uh, (laughs) I don't think my husband listens to this, so it's fine. So that would be a route if someone needs to get a loan. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, if you've been in business for a little while, um, like I have a business line of credit through Mm -hmm. you guys. So Mm -hmm. what are the, what do you need to see in someone's banking history with you to be able to offer some sort of a a line of credit? When we are talking about a line of credit versus a term loan, we're talking about what type of collateral you're going to use. Do you have an accounts receivables book that we can hold as collateral? Or are you really going to be making a one-time purchase of, let's say, marketing materials, and then you're done? So the difference between a term loan and a line of credit is the line of credit is revolving. It's always there for you after you pay it down. The term loan, you are paying interest on as soon as you get that money and then for the life of the loan until you pay it off early. Beware of early termination fees. We do not have them. Some banks do. You always want to read the fine print and ask if you can pay something off early. That's great advice. And then actually, um, just speaking about, you know, when you're kind of choosing back to, um, I know we've discussed looking at the board of directors, um, what are some of the advantages of going with a local bank versus a national bank? When you were talking about a local bank um, and you will want to do some research on this, the money stays local. Whereas if you are talking about a bank that is based out of Buffalo, the money is going back to Buffalo. Um, If you are talking about a bank that's based out of New York City, the money is going back to New York City. So do you live there? Are they putting money back into the community that you personally live in, work in, and play in? 
And so what are some of the ways that your local bank is able to give back to our city of Rochester? So we have several ways that we do it. We do a jeans day every other week. Mm. Um, Employees donate $5. We allow them to wear jeans. And then the charity of that week gets that money at the end of the day. We cut them a check. We also have a lot of things that we are individually involved in. I am the treasurer of the Gay Alliance of Genesee Valley. You know, we donate to things like pride because I'm involved in that. Um, And because it's important, one of our core values is inclusion um, and diversity. So we are very focused on donating our money to organizations that help with that in the community. One of the other places that we also give to is Women's Foundation of Genesee Valley, um, who works towards helping women get to socio and economical stability. So, and that's again because someone in the bank is involved with that organization. That's wonderful. And actually, Women's Foundation is something that NSP, my photo studio, also supports. Mm-hmm. I love them because they um, they support other women organizations. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like a little bit meta, but it's nice to not have to like choose. So cause they, they go through and evaluate, okay, like what organizations need the most help and right. you know that kind of thing. And what organizations, and what I love about them is they look at what organizations are proving that they are helping with moving women towards stability instead of just a really quick fix and then we're back into a cycle. Correct. Okay, so well, those these are all amazing things to be thinking about. Um, let's say that you are all set with funding. You've got your checking mm-hmm. account set up. What about some other auxiliary services that you guys might offer, such as payroll or like merchant services? So we work, again, with local payroll companies. Um, we work with Benacare. Um, which is based out of Webster. We were working with USA Payroll. They were also local. Um, They are now Assure. And we also work with two merchant processing companies that are also local, Process It Forward and Payment Processing Companies. We already vetted these companies. They share the same values that we share. And so when you are speaking to them, it is like speaking to me. I love speaking to you. (laughs) Um, I love speaking to you. You're actually really sassy too, which is like one of my favorite things about you because I feel like we're always just keeping it real. Um, So as far as payroll goes, if someone is, you know, unsure of whether or not they're going to need to use the payroll service or if they should try to figure that out on their own, what is some advice that you would give to someone that is considering hiring employees or already has employees? Whether you're hiring employees, already have employees, or you are a sole officer of a corporation, you need to at least sit down and talk to somebody from a payroll company because every state has different laws about what you need in order to actually work in that state. For instance, in New York State, you have to have workman's comp from day one. You might not know that going in, so you need to sit down and talk to the specialist. Um, And what people are always afraid of is, is this person going to bamboozle me or push me into something, which is why you should always um, get a recommendation from somebody who's already tried them. Um, You know, look again, look on their website, look at their board of directors, see if this is something that you would like. In our instance, we vet everybody before we recommend them. So they share our values. So if someone is, let's say they only have one employee, mm-hmm. do the same laws apply to them as if they had, you know, 100 employees or 10 employees? In New York State, yes. Mm. 
Um, in other states, not. I, do, I don't know all 50 states' sure. <laughs> rules. Major shortcoming. <laughs> super unimpressed with you. But. Which, is, which is why you need to really talk to somebody who is an expert in your state. And sometimes your tax accountant can help you with that as well, which is why they're a great first stop. Got it. And then what about merchant services? So, you know, credit card processing, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing for your business. I think everybody hates credit card processing. You get dinged everywhere you look. So I can't help you with that. You're going to get dinged. (laughs) which company you're going. Your own. <laughs> Figure it out, ladies. But, but what you want to be careful with is the fine print. Are you signing a contract that makes you pay if you decide you're going to leave and go somewhere else? Are you also signing a contract in which there will be a tiny little line that says you cannot leave if we can provide you a fix for the problem? That's terrifying. That is terrifying. Um, So uh, aside from the terror, what are some of the advantages of going with a merchant service that you would maybe get through a bank versus something like PayPal or Square or Stripe, I think is another option. PayPal, Square, and Stripe, their advantage is that you know you are getting a certain percentage for a swipe and a certain percentage for a key in. The money goes straight into your account. You don't really have to do anything. But there's no person to speak to. When something goes wrong, when your Square reader is not working, um, when your Wi-Fi is acting crazy, there is no human being that is going to come out and help you. The difference between that and going through a local payment processing company is that there is somebody who's going to come out and say, here's a new machine, or uh, here's the fix for that, or tomorrow everything will be working, or whatever they say to you. That's a really great point. And as someone who's been in business for 12 years, problems happen. Oh, all the time. Um, And it's, (laughs) you know, it's. You can try everything you want to try mm-hmm. to avoid them, but when they happen, it is so comforting to have someone that you could talk to in real life mm-hmm. because those are the these are the scary things. Like when you own a business and you know your your clients are paying you and you're not getting the money, or your clients are getting like weird charges mm-hmm. from your company. I mean, these are the things nightmares are made of, guys. Um, <laughs> and your, they're all real. They're, they're not. Real. They're not urban legends. These are real things. Yes. And so, I mean, I'm a local gal. I love just the experience, like I said, of watching walking into your branch, having everyone know your name. I think that's priceless. And you know, particularly, there's a lot of things in business that you're not going to be able to have that personal touch with. Mm-hmm. And so, I think having some hand holding in the money. Uh, the money department is really comforting for sure. I think money is so important because because it is security. It is your livelihood. It's how you feed your kids. You know, it's how you pay your mortgage. So the last thing you want to do is feel lost or overwhelmed because you can't get a person to help you when machines fail and machines will always fail. Yes, they will. <laughs> they will absolutely <laughs> fail. <laughs> Are there any particular other pieces of advice that you have for small business owners, particularly women that are out there running businesses or starting a business? You will overdraw your account at some point in time. Ah! It's going to happen. Because we're women? (laughs) No. Whether you are women or men, everybody, you will overdraw your account at some point in time. Everybody would like to think it's not going to happen to them. It will happen. You need to know what your backup plan is. Um, and the best advice that I can give women in, um, women entrepreneurs is that, uh, 
there is support out there. Um, there are like a group that we can talk to. There's or? a support group. <laughs> I run it. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there is a there is support in um, there is support in funding. There is support um, in banking. There is support for your questions. Sometimes you have to dig, and sometimes it's really overwhelming because a lot of times no one is saying to you, um, "Come here, let me help you with this." But dig, you can do it. There is a lot of help out there. As far as business support, I know we mentioned SBA. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other resources that women have access to if they're looking to start a business, either for funding or just like small business help, that kind of thing? There, um, In every state, there is a kind of venture capitalists that are out there and that they're looking to invest. I can tell you that in our particular city, there is a group that invests if you are opening up a business and hiring employees bringing jobs to the city, they're willing to invest in you. So I would do the research and see what type of programs are in your particular city and are your particular states that is offering you funding for starting or bringing work to that city, bringing employees, hiring people. Wonderful. Anything else you'd like to share with us while you're here today? Natalie is my favorite customer. Ah! <laughs> so everybody knows. It's really warm and fuzzy to have my husband and I bank it at your bank for our personal, all of our personal finances and also our businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's just, guys, it's priceless when you have that relationship. Um, I mean, this might not be something you offer to everyone, but I, <laughs> I have your cell phone number. Yes. <laughs> it is not something that I offer. <laughs> Um, but honestly, like even if I email you something or, you know, I need yes. help with anything, like it, it just feels like no, no question is like out of bounds. Like we, you've always helped with anything that either of us have ever needed. And I think that that's priceless in business. Thank you. Um, I think, you know, as we're talking about entrepreneurs and what you need to know, I think you really need to know yourself. Are you somebody that needs someone there for you to answer your questions even if you already know the answer to it sometimes you just want to bounce an idea off of somebody Um, or are you somebody that never wants to walk into a bank and that's really what you should think about before you decide where you're going to bank cool well thank you so much so we really appreciate all (laughs) of your thank you so much for having me see you later thank you (laughs) i'm sure you will (laughs) next time i need some money (laughs) thanks for listening to the own your bold podcast for show notes resources freebies, and more, visit ownyourbold.biz or come see what we're up to on Instagram and Facebook at Embolden Biz. Till next time.